everyone. Welcome to Storehouses, a weekly podcast brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church. As always, I am Ethan Getrost. Excited to be here with you today. Uh, and with me in the studio today uh, is a friend for a long time, uh, Josh Humbert. Josh, how are you doing today? Hey, doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, so you brought a scripture uh, for us to go through today, mm-hmm. Micah 7, the whole chapter. Yeah. Um, and what a chapter it is. Uh, there's a lot of different things going on. Yep. Micah's really trying to make us all pay attention, I would say. <laughs> uh, and so why don't you go ahead and read Micah 7 for us? All right, will do. Micah chapter 7. Woe is me. For I am like the fruit pickers, the grape gatherers. There is not a cluster of grapes to eat or a first ripe fig which I crave. The godly person has perished from the land, and there is no upright person among men. All of them lie in wait for bloodshed. Each of them hunts the other with a net. Concerning evil, both hands do it well. The prince asks also the judge for a bribe, and a great man speaks the desire of his soul. So they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright like a thorn hedge. The day when you post your watchman, your punishment will come. Then their confusion will occur. Do not trust in a neighbor. Do not have confidence in a friend. From her who lies in your bosom, guard your lips. For son treats father contemptuously. Daughter rises up against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes justice for me. He will bring me out to the light and I will see his righteousness. Then my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look on her. At that time, she will be trampled down like mire of the streets. It will be a day for building your walls. On that day will your boundary be extended. It will be a day when they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, from Egypt even to the Euphrates, even from sea to sea and mountain to mountain. And the earth will become desolate because of her inhabitants on account of the fruit of their deeds. Shepherd your people with your scepter, the flock of your possession which dwells by itself in the woodland in the midst of a fruitful field. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. As in the days when you came out from the land of Egypt, I will show you miracles. Nations will see and be ashamed of all their might. They will put their hand on their mouth. Their ears will be deaf. They will lick the dust like a serpent, like reptiles of the earth. They will come trembling out of their fortresses. To the Lord our God, they will come in dread and they will be afraid before you. Who is a God like you? who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of his possession. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in unchanging love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Yes, you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and unchanging love to Abraham, which you swore to our forefathers from the days of old. Amen. This passage is so rich. It's so deep uh, with just truths of God's promises to men uh, mm-hmm. and, and truths of the future promise uh, of the Messiah. Why are we talking about this today? Why are we talking about Micah 7? Uh, that's a good question. I know. Um, it's to me, um, 
I'm drawn to some of the, uh, as I, I, I teach and I, I preach and stuff, and I'm drawn to sometimes, um, I'm drawn to these minor prophets and, the, and mm. some of the things that they go through because there's a lot there. And sometimes we don't often uh, dive into these books, yeah. but uh, there's a lot going on here. And what I love is the honesty. Um, if you if you were listening along right there, those first six verses yeah. are, uh, man, Micah just lays it out. And it I'll tell you this, it feels so relevant. Um, yeah. When you start to listen to what he's talking about, as he's looking at the world around him, He's describing this, um, the darkness that he sees everywhere at the high level of the priests and the uh, the judges. He talks about taking bribes, so he sees this corruption. I know we're kind of getting into it already, yeah, no, but like, let's do it. Um, he sees this corruption in the the high and lofty, right? The yeah. the the judges, the great man, this, the, and he talks about them taking a bribe. And one of the cool things I think Micah is referred to as the the prophet of social reform, right? Because he he calls out to the people like, look, y'all, the, things have to change. But he doesn't just stop there, like pointing at the judges. He points to even in our families right. the brokenness. Yep. He talks about father and son, yes, um, daughter and mother, daughter in law, mother in law, a neighbor. Um, he talks about this brokenness that's just everywhere, and then eventually he gets to himself. Mm. And I love that because, I, you know, we can be experts at spotting the sure. sin and brokenness <laughs> in other people. In other people, yeah. But it takes a whole level of authenticity and realness to point to hold up the mirror to yourself, right? Uh, but Mike is not afraid to do that. So, I guess for me, one of the the joys of reading Micah, and it sounds weird to say joy, but like he paints such a vivid picture in the first six verses of this brokenness all yeah. over the land wow. um, that you can immediately, you can say, yeah, I, I, I know that. Uh, I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in my own community, my own family. But he doesn't leave it there. He, he then begins to walk you through how, even in the midst of this darkness, there's this amazing light of God that comes through. So for me, uh, it's always been one of my favorite chapters uh, because of that real aspect to it that there's darkness, mm. but in the darkness, there is a light that's coming. There's a light that's promised and real, and it shines even in the dark times. Uh, and so to me, it's it's been one of those texts that I've, I've loved for a long time because of that. Yeah, I think just in rereading it and, and kind of preparing for today... Mm-hmm. I, I got to 14 through 17, you know, which is, is in the middle of this passage. And it just kept screaming to me, listen, do the work that God has entrusted to you. Mm-hmm. And in that work, just trust that God's going to take care of it, right? Yep. So verse 14, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, which lives by itself in a forest in fertile pasture lands. I mean, that's just doing the work of God, right? Like, I'm called to be a shepherd. I'm called to do the work of God that God has called me to do. I mean, that's just as plain as could be. And then we get to verse 16, and it's like, listen, nations will see, and they'll be ashamed, deprived of all their power. They will lay hands on their mouths, and their ears will become deaf. You know, it's just trusting that God is going to take care of what God's going to take care of. You know, I don't have to be concerned with other people. And I think that that's where Micah was going in those first, you know, six verses where he's just kind of calling out other people's sin before he gets to himself, like yeah. a prophet would, yeah. right? I think back to some of those prophets in my life calling out my stuff, then they had their but God moment, <laughs> which yeah, we're trying to yeah, get yeah. to. Yeah. You know? And I think that this is kind of where Micah is, is going, and it just reminds me to just do the work of God, and just that 
you know, I should trust him mm-hmm. in doing that work. So the first six verses are kind of this really heavy yeah. uh, theme of, I, I wrote down in my Bible, disaster, pain, confusion, and yeah. anger from Micah. I mean, it was just yeah. like a mess. Uh, what do you think about the first six verses? You know, honestly, you could just go to verse one, and it's it's very lyrical and poetic, but it, it packs so much right there. He says, woe is me. I'm like the fruit pickers, like the grape gatherers. There's not a cluster of grapes to eat nor a first ripe fig, which I crave. He's basically saying, look, I showed up to the harvest and there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah, right. The, like the trees are barren. The crops are done. There's yeah. nothing left. And he, he goes on to describe like what that means. He's saying, look, there's nobody. There's no righteous man left. There's no godly person yeah, left. Right. And uh, man, that's just such it, it, it arrests your attention if you give it like a real read. Yeah. Like. He's like, I'm a fruit picker. I showed up, and there's nothing left. To, there's nothing for me. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I go back to how relevant it is. Like we can look at our at our own politicians, right? right? I'm not talking conservative, Democrat. I'm saying either side of the spectrum. Yep. There's there's you know there's corruption. There's this sinfulness. Um, families and and man, we look at the the breakdown of the family and just how many families are you know struggling today and. And again, to ourselves. And yep. so to me, that it is. It's a very strong opening verse. And it's uh, it's not the like just blind happiness and optimism. He's giving you a, a realistic picture yes, of is. the world around you. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's vivid, but there's a realness to it. And I, 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 I appreciate that about yeah, it. Yeah, right. I think for me, the first six verses, I'm a huge fan of... The TV show Survivor. I think it's probably one of the best shows that's ever been created in the history of television. Wow. I'm not exaggerating. It's just so good. When I read these first Uh six verses, I just think, this is Survivor. This is a full season of Survivor. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. You know, I, I just feel like, man, when Micah showed up, he showed up. To a scene of Survivor. I mean, that's just kind of what I draw out of this. I mean, if you can imagine some of the most, you know, dramatic episodes. If you've ever seen the show, if you haven't, go do it. The most dramatic episodes of that show are just kind of what Micah's experiencing. Everyone is just kind of in on it, and they're lying, and they're full of deceit with each other, and they're accepting bribes, and people want to be the most powerful, and, you know, they're lying to get their way and stuff like that. And it just seems like Micah showed up, and it was just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, almost devastating. Yeah. But then 7 through woof, 9, woof. verses 7 through 9, hit us in the face. We're reminded again why God is God. 7 through 9 says this, But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath until he pleads my case and establishes my right. He will bring me out into the light. I will see his righteousness. Why is awesome. this? Yeah, I know. Why is this so meaningful? To me, um, because if we're going to be like, we find ourselves in the darkness. And mm. that's what, you know, Micah is this prophet who calls out the, the high and lofty. He calls out the, bro- but he calls out himself. He's admitting here, though I fall, yeah. though I sit in darkness, he's now pointing the finger at himself. Yep. 
And he's saying, look, I find myself at the bottom. I find myself in the brokenness. I've done this. Um, it, it, with my own, you know, he talks about earlier with their, with their own two hands, with both hands, they're skilled at evil. Yes. I think here he's saying, that's me. That's me too. Mm. And, um, even in the midst of that though, he said that, that just that opening salvo that, but as for me, I will watch expectantly for Mm. the Lord. That is the hope of grace. That's the hope of the gospel. Even in the midst that while we're still sinners, while we're still helpless, God has done something for us. Um, God has done something incredible for us that he can bring a light. And that's my favorite phrase in the whole chapter. It says, though I sit in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. Mm. And that's so hope and life-giving to me. That's That's been an anchor for me for years that... Uh, when I find myself away from God, wandering from God mm. in in my you know foolish sin, though I sit in darkness, the Lord is a light for me, yeah. and um, wow. I just that that is so good because honestly, you know what, we have a choice at that moment, right? After the first six verses, you've got a choice. Yeah, sure. You could just okay, you know what, the world is crooked, it's broken. <laughs> yeah. I can just go along with that. Because that's the way the world is. That's the way that my, my flesh is. I can just go along with how the world is. If they want darkness, I can show them darkness. Yeah, right? right. But he says, but as for me. And one of the things I love about that text is it's a line of, it's a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. It's a decision on his part. He's saying, look, look, everybody else is going this way. And I could go that way, but yeah. I'm not. Right. As for me, I'm going to separate myself. One of the things that's going to, um, separate me from everybody else in this moment is not that I'm not a sinner. I am a sinner. He's saying, but I'm going to put my hope in God. Yeah, right. And God's going to be my light. And so I don't know. That that's just been so powerful for me through through the years. That courageous. I always call it courageous dependence. Mm, yeah. He's wow. he's not talking about what he's going to do. He's talking about what God's that's going to do. do. Wow. And it's courageous to go against the flow. Yeah. To say, but as for me. But it's also dependence. He's saying, the Lord is a light for me. The Lord's going to do this. The mm. Lord's going to do this. And so that is what I've always gravitated to, that courageous dependence mm. that even in the midst of our fallenness, God is a light. This this part, this but God moment, uh, brings me back to Psalm 13, which is one of my mm. favorite psalms where David is just crying out like, Lord, how long will you hide your face from me? How long will you let my enemies triumph over me? Yeah. I would rather die than continue in this life as it is. And then in <laughs> verse 5, it just like totally switches. And he's like, but I know what you have done. Yeah. And so I will continue to praise you. And I think that that's really where Micah's going, right? He's saying, mm-hmm. listen, all this stuff really sucks. But for me, my eyes are on you. Yeah. And I know what you're going to do. I know what you've done. I know why I'm here, so I'm going to keep going. And then he just kind of gets into this battle cry, right? This moment where he's like, the enemy will see it, and I'll be they'll be covered with shame. She who said to me, where is your Lord? I will see her downfall. Like, that's just an awesome promise that one day, man, we're going to see the downfall of the enemy. And it's going to be just this moment of glory where yep. all we're going to do is just worship the Father because of what his promise was. Can I jump in one last piece Absolutely. on uh, that 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 part? I, I just want to point us to the gospel for a moment here because it's so good. Yes, even even in this you know Old Testament minor prophet, he's already picturing what's going to happen. 
one of those last phrases in verse 9, he says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him mm. until he pleads my case and executes justice for me. Mm. Now, this is pretty crazy, right? Because he's saying, look, I've sinned against God, but I'm going to wait on him yep. until he pleads my case. Yeah. Like that. Now, what courtroom would you ever go into <laughs> if you're guilty? I'll sit here and say, "Look, Your Honor, I know I've done wrong, uh, but I'm going to wait for you to plead my case." You're like, he's talking about it's, it's crazy, yeah, right? right? He says until he pleads my case and executes justice for me. That's the profound mystery of the gospel mm. already being pictured here. And it, to me, I link it to First John two one, where John says, nice. "My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin." And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, mm. Jesus Christ the righteous. And that literally means a defender, yes. a lawyer. So it's picturing, Micah's already saying, look, we're all guilty, uh, but there's going to be this advocate. There's going to be this lawyer uh, who takes up our case. Yeah. And it is God. The, yeah. the very judge who we've sinned against is the judge who's going to plead our case, our case and execute justice for us, which is where the cross comes in, where Jesus mm. takes all that brokenness, all the darkness, he bears it for us so that we can be pronounced innocent. Yeah. That's insane. Like, that's there's, crazy. There's a lot of ties to Zechariah 3. Yes. In that, you know, yes. where Joshua is standing before God in that courtroom scene. That's really cool. Speaking of the promise, mm -hmm. right? So 18 through 20 oh, man. Uh, are the promise. I mean, that is really where... Micah just kind of says, listen, yeah. God is great, <laughs> you know, so just trust him. Uh, and in those moments, man, you just kind of pick up on the salvation story of what's to come. Uh, so 18, 18 through 20 again says, who is a God like you yes. who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay hungry forever, angry, excuse me. You do not stay mm -hmm. angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Yeah. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all iniquities into the depths of the sea. Ooh. You will be true to Jacob and show mercy to Abraham as you pledged on oath to our fathers in days long ago. Yes. Man, that's just so powerful. It's just like this wrap-up of Micah in which he's saying, listen, all this stuff isn't going that well, but look what God's going to do. That's right. How about this? Uh, you know, we're from San Antonio, and you may have an appreciation for this. Several years ago, I was speaking at a uh, a winter retreat, like a New Year's Eve kind of thing, uh, for students out in the hill country. Yes. And I finished with my last session, and I'm like, man, I want to get home and see my wife and kids. It's not that far, so I'm driving back to San Antonio, and I don't even think about this, but it's December 31st, and right as I'm getting to the south part of San Antonio, yeah. I don't I'm not, I'm not even aware of this. I'm just trying to get home. It's late. All of a sudden, I see fireworks like on both sides of oh, my yeah. car, like up in the air. And I'm like, "Whoa, what is going on?" And it's <laughs> it's going crazy and I'm and it, it, it clicks. I'm like, "Oh, it's New Year's Eve. It's San Antonio. We don't care about <laughs> restrictions like every and I'm driving through the heart of San Antonio, literally from 1150 to about 1210, I'm going from the south part of the city to the north part of the city, and there are fireworks everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. I feel like a stunt driver in a movie. <laughs> it was one of the coolest yeah. experiences I've okay. ever had. It was just this amazing, like, I felt like, you know, a movie guy, like, drive, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and uh, it's just like the way that Micah ends here, like this grand oh, finale, yeah. like as he gets to the end here, he goes on this incredible like this is this is New Year's fireworks right yeah. here like this you're in the middle of all these things he's talking about which number one he starts 
that very first phrase of mm. verse 18, he says, who is a God like you? That's actually, he's using his own name. That's yeah. what Micah means is who is a God like you? So he's literally using his name to praise God. He's saying, mm. Micah, Micah, who is a God like you who does all these things? And to me, I always ask that question. Is there any other God who does this stuff, mm. who pardons iniquity? passes over, shows mercy, doesn't retain his anger forever, delights in unchanging love. Like, mm. it's incredible. There is no God like our God. This right. is the the fireworks ending here. This is this beautiful grand finale. And Micah asked this question, and it's meant to be a question we take seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, And we look at our own lives and, man, what do I trust in? What am I seeking? What am I pursuing? Is it wealth? Is it mm. power? Is it ambition? Is it romance? Are any of those things a God like our God? Can they do what our God does? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, so I don't know. It's it's just like to me, like you said, it's this uh, explosive end to an amazing uh, book. Yeah, that's right, man. And, and just to wrap up, I think there's so much to just take hope in in this yeah. verse. You know, from uh, kind of in the middle where he says, you will hear me. Yeah. You know, and, and then getting into the end of it where it's just like, you pardon sin, you forgive the transgressions, you, you're not angry, but you show mercy, you have compassion on us, you throw our sins into the sea, you're true to Jacob, you're you're merciful to Abraham. Mm -hmm. um, it's just this promise that God restores what's been broken, you know, yep. and I think that that's so true in our own life, you know, talking about just the relevance to, to our life through an Old Testament scripture is, man, we were or still could be the first six verses of this passage. Yep, yep. You know, to where we, both of our hands are so skilled in doing wrong. But then there's this moment of this, this promise that God is going to squash that. Mm -hmm. And he's going to raise in us this hope and this light and this righteousness. Uh, because he pleads our case for us. And, and for me, man, that's just... Such a testimony yep. of perseverance and hope and, and just trusting in God. And both of his hands are skilled at doing all these good things. Right, yeah. Compassion, love. Um, I love that very last phrase. He says, you'll give truth to Jacob and unchanging love yeah. to Abraham. Like, truth and love. Like, the two best things you need yeah. in life. The truth and you need love to, yep. to make it in life. And he's like, that's what God does. That's, that's right. Those are his, that's the work of his hands. Mm. Um, if, if I can, if I got Go a couple of seconds, there's this old poem by Isaac Watts who yeah. wrote some of the hymns that churches, you know, still sing some to this day. He said it like this. And I've always, I think it lines up well with Micah seven. He says, my God, the spring of all my joys, the life of my delights, the glory of my brightest days and comfort of my nights in darkest shades. If he appear, my dawning is begun. He is my soul's bright morning star and he, my rising sun. The opening heavens around me shine with beams of sacred bliss, while Jesus shows his heart is mine and whispers, I am his. Mm. And that's, uh, that's to me, that's the summary, that's the ending point yeah. of Micah, that he lands on this promise that who is a God like you? There is no God like our God. He's merciful. He's kind. He will mm. have compassion. Yeah. He'll find you in your darkness. He'll bring you to the light. He'll give you truth and love. Wow. Amen. Uh, perfect way to wrap it up. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate uh, your words. Um, if you want to share this episode or, or any episodes that we have, uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, on the podcast app on your smartphone, or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, just search Storehouses, Trinity Bem Church. You can find us there on Facebook as well. 
comment on one of our posts. Talk about the scriptures. Ask us questions that maybe we didn't get to. Or if you have a verse that you would like for me and somebody else to go through, just let us know. Uh, that's how we do it. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Ethan Getros. You can email the show, Ethan at TrinityBaptist.org. Josh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Josh Humbert, H-U-M-B-E-R-T. You can find more of my writing at joshhumbert.net, joshhumbert.net. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for listening to Storehouses. Storehouses.